Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly podcast made by gamers for gamers. We discuss retro gaming and issues that gamers care about. We also review indie games and popular titles. Here are your hosts, Bad Gamer Bishop, Bad Gamer Garrick, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Wait, do these idiots not know what anonymous means? Get good scrubs. Yes, get good. As always, I am your host, Mr. Crowley. Welcome to another episode of Bad Gamers Anonymous, the show that has bad gamers talking about games, and I am a bad gamer. Uh, and I can't tell, I, 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 do I like the part of the intro where she calls us idiots, or am I just really loving this still? Get good scrubs. And it might be that I'm just really loving that still. Uh, Garrick isn't here this week. He's off doing adulting. So congratulations well, once again to him and his uh, wife. Uh, they bought a house. They're moving. He said it was going to take four hours to move. Something tells me it's going to take a lot longer to move in four hours. So in his stead, I want to welcome Jonesy to the show. Jonesy, welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Hey, appreciate it, Crowley. Happy to be here, man. No, man, we're, we're very excited to have you here. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about nostalgia. I'm very excited about this show. Very. I know it's been teased for like six months, it seems. Well, I think that it it has uh, a a lot to to offer, but but that's just maybe it doesn't. Clearly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're we're getting so much of it. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of in our face all the time. So uh, let's uh, tell us a little bit about your gaming background. Now, now I I met you all through uh, as I meet most everybody. It seems like through the Cantina cast uh, discord uh, playing Battlefront 2 with us. Uh, so t- tell us a little bit about your gaming background, your knowledge, what systems, games, do you stream, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like most people born in the late 70s, you know, had the original NES and, and all the variations. Really got into it really with the Sega, though, the Sega Genesis in particular. But um, I've kind of flirted with a lot of different things. Xbox even built some PCs to run some PC games so I can subscribe to the PC Master Race just a little bit with you there. Um, but yeah, these days, really focusing on ps4 i do have an xbox one but i don't really play it much i kind of keep it for the um, ea access type of things which i really enjoy getting that free play time that, that 10 hours for five bucks a month so it's kind of a no-brainer for me to do that so uh that's yeah that's more or less what i'm playing right now a um, little bit on the pc but just kind of flirting with things you and i jumped on old republic yes so, uh, <laughs> for all of like i don't know 45 minutes or an hour which is about all i can stomach every year is about 45 minutes of star wars the old republic well i just uninstalled it too i'm like i'm never gonna play anything again so i went and killed it right uh you know i i play a lot of my pc but not enough to where i have to uninstall star wars the old republic because that's always one of those things it's like i'm bored i like star wars let's you know jump in for five minutes and then it's like oh yeah i remember why i jumped out because this game is not good (laughs) So, yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much uh, for uh, jumping in for uh, Garrick, sitting in for him. Uh, Very happy to have you. And hopefully, uh, you know, if you don't, if you're better at podcasting than you are gaming, we will probably have you back at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a pretty high bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Not around here. It's not. Uh, (laughs) So where else uh, can can our listeners find you? Just, uh, you know, when you're hanging out and about. So on PS4, uh, Jonesy TX for Texas. Bad Gamers Discord, so you'll find me there. Nice. Cantina Cats Discord, Bad Gamers Discord, yep. PSN, Jonesy TX. Th- thanks. What have you been playing recently? Like, is there anything recently you've been playing, Jonesy? I know that you played a little bit of the Monster Hunter beta with us. Yeah, I played a little bit of the beta with y'all. Uh, Battlefront 2, played a good bit of that while it was hot. Now it's pretty much cooled and 
uh, life's getting in the way, so I haven't really planned too much. But yeah, Monster Hunter Beta with y'all, and that was pretty fun. And didn't really get into the grind. It's not kind of my game. It, it used to be. If this was 10 years ago, I'd probably be all over it. But now I just view it. I don't really have the, the time and energy to keep focusing into it. But you guys have been all about it lately, right? Yeah, we really have. I've been playing a, a ton of it. Uh, Garrick's been playing a ton of it. Uh, Joe, like if you, if you haven't joined our Discord, do it. You'll find it in the show description. There's there's an invite. It's always there. It's always open. Uh, it's kind of like Cheers. Uh, we you know it's you want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. Our Discord's uh, the place to do it. Uh, a bunch of friendly people that all suck at gaming. So come uh, join us. Uh, but speaking of Monster Hunter World, real quick, uh, I, I do have a correction from last week. So I, as I said, I've been playing a ton of it, and last week I gave it a nine out of ten, and I want to I want to correct that. It's an 8 out of 10. And I'm going to tell you why it's an 8 out of 10. Their party system sucks. Like, there's no other way to put it. Their party system is awful. And I don't know if it's a workaround from PlayStation's awful party system or if Capcom just can't figure out how to do a party system. But it's hot garbage when you want to play with friends. So what does that mean exactly? What's that? Is, is it the is it still his code thing or is there something else? No. So there's sessions. So, yeah, you can join a squad so you can create a squad and have your friends join and invite them. And then you just can jump in and out of that session. And then whenever somebody posts a quest or something they want to do, you can do that. The problem the problem arises is when it doesn't work right. And there have been a couple of times this week where it hasn't worked right. Uh, and, and if you're not in a squad with somebody then you do have to have the code and it's it, it changes every time you create an online session so like for as much as they want to push the matchmaking down your throat which was again one of the reasons why i was like yeah you know it's a nine not a ten well now their party system is such hot garbage that it's it's now an eight out of ten and that's so are there any signs that they're going to improve on that or uh, no forward no i none that there's been no signs nobody said anything I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I hope they change it. But, I you know, you can't play with somebody who's on the same story quest as you. You Everybody has to watch the cutscene, Then you exit out and then out of the quest. And then you can join, a, you know, put a party together. Like, why can't you just go in and then, like, everybody either has to watch the cutscene whether they've seen it or not. Or you can skip the cutscene entirely. Like, like I said last week, the story to this game is not all that intriguing and it's not it's really ancillary to the gameplay it doesn't even matter so like just for that reason alone you, you could knock a point off like you should just be able if you're on the same quest you should be able to start it with somebody and then go in and they should have figured this out before doing it and i get they've never done this before but come on capcom you've done stories before shut up Ugh. it's just eight out of ten and be lucky that i just get knocked off a point and not two because every time I think about it, it's just ah, it's just so bad. It's a dumpster fire of awful. Ugh. It's so much negativity, but you guys are really playing it a lot. You guys really like it, though, right? Yeah, the game's so good that you kind of have to forgive it. Like, I, I know that I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's hot garbage and it's a dumpster fire. But the game is so good. It looks really good. It plays very well. There's so much to do. It is chock full of stuff to do. Like I said last week, if, you know, if you're going to complain about something, having too much to do is not a bad thing to have to complain about. So I'm all. Yeah, when we were playing the, yeah, when we were playing the beta, I really thought, I mean, the, the, the graphics looked nice and smooth. It was playing pretty well for a beta in particular. Yeah. Uh, and like the way that it helped guide you once you got on the right track, the way that it helped guide you to things was very intuitive. So those were really good things I, I thought were pretty well done. And I didn't quite expect the whole, uh, combination of keys and things it kind of reminded me of the old arcade games but yeah 
but yeah. combos it, it, it does remind you of those bygone days of yesteryear where we dumping quarters in an arcade all day long uh millennials will never know that yeah we've been streaming a, a lot of this on twitch joa has i have garrick has you can find our uh, bad gamers anonymous twitch uh twitch.tv forward slash bad underscore gamers underscore anonymous uh, same as bad underscore gamer underscore crowley and then garrick dr all this will be in the description i don't even know why i said it just look there you'll find us we're all over the social medias so now that we talked about monster hunter world like let's just really deep dive into this and so if you if, if you want to listen to a podcast about games or a game in particular, this is the incorrect podcast uh, for you. This is going to be really existential. This is going to be one of those shows where we deep dive into a subject that has to do with gaming and even pop culture as a whole. And I'm really excited about it because I think this is a different direction. It's something that we haven't done yet. And I get to do it with one of my favorite people uh, to talk to while I'm gaming, uh, Jonesy. So I, I'm very happy, very pleased and, and honored and humbled that he is here. So let's just talk about what is nostalgia. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary uh, defines nostalgia as a state of being homesick or homesickness. It is a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for a return to or of some past period of irrevocable condition, also something that evokes nostalgia. Uh, the dictionary.com has it as a wistful desire to return in thought or in fact to a former time in one's life, to one's home or homeland, or to one's family and friends, a sentimental yearning for the happiness of a former place or time. Now, if you've heard this show at all, you've heard me just dog on Nintendo about nostalgia. And a lot of that is shtick. And if you don't get that, I'm sorry. It is. It's just stick. It, 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 I do it for entertainment purposes. Do I believe that, though? Yeah, to a, to a degree, I do. And I think that this show is hopefully going to clarify a lot of things for some people. So let's just deep dive into it. How would you define nostalgia, Jonesy? I mean, based on those two definitions that I gave you, like what? Like if I looked at you and said, what's nostalgia? Like, I'm dumb. What is it? How would you define it? Yeah, the dictionary.com is actually pretty close to what I would do. It's kind of that wistful feeling. So you just remember those, you know, that that memory that you can grab onto of, man, at this point in my life, this was so much fun. This was great. This was perfect. You have this almost idealistic, pure view of it, regardless of how much truth there is to it, which I think is a, a vital component is that we send to, I don't know, sugarcoat a little bit, yeah. like the, what how we view it or how we remember it just seems so perfect. But the reality is it probably wasn't. It was just a different phase of your life that you kind of miss, right? And so that, that's kind of how I view it. Because when I think about, you know, playing games 10 years ago, I didn't have a kid. I didn't, we, I was really early in my marriage. So there, there was a lot of things I didn't have as much going on. So it just felt like, oh, that was the heyday of it all. And I, I missed that. I wish I could get back to it. And when I try, I'm not very successful with it because things are just different. Yeah, it's it's almost like when you you remember going out with your friends in your 20s, your early 20s, even mid 20s, possibly even late 20s. And you're having a good time and you're going to the bar and you're drinking and you, you don't remember the day after. <laughs> right. And, and you can't go home again. Right. That's right. always the, the saying. You can't go home again or you can't you can't really recapture those spirit. But damn, we're going to try it. We're going to try. We're going to try hard. So, yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think there is there is some rose-colored glasses going on, uh, as you said in the pre-show uh, where we were talking about this, definitely sugar-coated uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, I would agree with that. 
So I guess my question is, I think this is a good place to start, just given where we're at in culture as a whole. Have millennials ruined nostalgia? It's everywhere, isn't it? Don't you think, Jonesy? It's just it, it is in our face daily. Right. But my question would be, how would millennials have ruined nostalgia? Well, I think that I'm going to answer that. And I, and I might jump ahead a little bit. But I think when we're talking about this, this is going to be a very fluid discussion. And we're going to be hitting a lot of points and there's going to be some overarching themes. And I think one of the themes is, is what is like we, we discussed what is nostalgia? How is it defined? But do millennials define nostalgia correctly? For example, I had someone who I would tend to say is a millennial. And I don't want to mention names because I don't want to embarrass them. Uh, and, and I didn't really mind the discussion. I was just trying to play Monster Hunter World uh, in a Discord channel that wasn't mine. Uh, brought up how wrong I was about nostalgia and what nostalgia is and what it means and how the Nintendo isn't nostalgia and and I'm so wrong about it. And that's fine. If you don't agree with me, I'm okay with that. A lot of people don't agree with me on a lot of things and I don't agree with a lot of people on a lot of things. So it's okay to have disagreements and to, and not see eye to eye on everything. And that that's okay. But they brought up, for example, that Assassin's Creed Halo and the three Blizzard IPs are all nostalgic. Those are all examples of nostalgia. When I compare those two things like Mario, Zelda, Sonic, and Metroid, I don't see Assassin's Creed, Halo, and, and, and WoW as nostalgic. Those are all modern games in a modern era. Mario, Link, Sonic, and Metroid are all games from a bygone era. From a different style of gaming. 8-bit gaming is where all of those had their beginning. Assassin's Creed did not get their beginning in 8-bit. So I, I have a problem with that definition. I grew up with, with Mario, Sonic, Zelda. Like those are Metroid, Contra. Like those platformed. Like I grew up with that. But these are the games that they're growing up with too, right? So, but they're not they're, going up. They're going up with the next generation or even in some cases, the generation after that. Right. They're not growing up with Super Mario Brothers and they certainly aren't growing up with, with Donkey Kong, the arcade game like I did, like you did. But that's my point. They're growing up with the Assassin's Creed games and things like that. They've been out for the 10 to 15 years that they've been active gamers like we were even, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And so that's what they view as it's been around for a long time. So maybe how long is does it take to, for something to feel nostalgic? But I think that's going to be a moving target because what they're going to view is going to be very different than what you and I would view because we've got twice as much uh, time and experience than they do. That's that that's a very good point. So then I guess that brings us to this point is how do you qualify what is actually nostalgia and what isn't as a culture? What is it? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 20 years? Is it longer? How subjective does that become then? Oh, I think it's very subjective because you, again, it kind of depends on what your frame of reference is, right? So for uh, I, I could even take it a little different direction. To me, it's what are we rekindling? Why are we trying to rekindle that? And so even when I think back to the original question of have millennials ruined nostalgia, I kind of think our generation is doing a fair job of, of doing that on its own because I, we're the ones who are recant. I mean, God, we've got a rampage movie coming out. Oh, I mean, it, it, we're doing it to ourselves. I can't really blame the newer generations, which 
franchises are coming out and then we could that's probably a discussion to have but yeah it's this moving target of like what does that time frame look like because i think you can go back even 30 or 40 years and there's probably still a level of i mean you have that with some of the movies that have but yeah i i think once you get to about that 10 year range i think it's it depending on how much time has gone between a release of a game i think it's probably something you also have to consider uh, uh, yeah, I see. that range, and you're like, okay, well, that's pulling it from the past. I've been around long enough to have played the original or an earlier version of it, and yet we're still going down that road. Sure, no, and that, and I think you're right to a point. I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think it is very subjective. It it, it all depends on your worldview, so to speak. Like <laughs> my worldview as a 42 year old tomorrow. Happy birthday to me. Uh, as opposed to the worldview of a 30 year old or a 20 something uh, is certainly going to be different. Like I have different priorities than what they have. I have different life experiences than they have. I, you know, so you're right. It is subjective to a point. So let's talk about then like series, like the final fantasy series. It kind of builds on itself to a point, but is it, is it nostalgic? Is it nostalgia? Is it, or is it, is it fresh every time? And I think when you take a look at, and this is just me, I've played almost all of them. There's been a few that I haven't played starting with final fantasy all the way up to final fantasy 15, including the two MMOs. They're each different and they each have their own story and they each have their own protagonists and antagonists and, and their own story arcs. And, and they, they're different characters that, that, that help propel the story in a different way, but it's all set in a very familiar universe with just slight differences. So they're tweaks. So it's not even a reboot of the series. It's just, it's almost like each one is a different universe, a different, in a, in a larger multiverse to put it in, you know, DC or Marvel terms. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where you see the games that get a lot of success when they, when they find that right mix. Right. So you get the older players that, yeah, I, this feels familiar. I can, I can grab it. I can understand this world. But yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't have to go down the same path. It introduces you to new things, and and it, it gives you that interest level to keep moving. Or and it, it incorporates newer ways of gaming too, right? So it's not just the same. I mean, we're not stuck in a side scroller world anymore, right? Right. We're not coming out with side scrolling games for the most part. So, the indie yeah. developers are. I mean, I think there's some indie games that do that, but those are all fresh. They're new stories with different antagonists, different protagonists. It's not a rehash of something old. So I think that's where Final Fantasy keeps it fresh, right? Like, and they they do, like you said, they put the different styles of gameplay in there. Like Final Fantasy 15 revamped a whole lot of things, and it's different than what Final Fantasy 12 is or Final Fantasy 7 is. However, when you look at something like, and I'm just going to do this, and I know people are going to get pissed. When you look at the Legend of Zelda games, it's the same antagonist in the same universe with a different story, and you don't know what's canon, and you don't know what isn't canon. You don't know what order the games are supposed to be in. Like It's supposed to be this overarching story, you know, but it's not because it's all out of order, and it's just... It's, they're just slapping Zelda on an open world RPG and saying, here you go, Zelda fans, eat it up because we know you will. Right? I, I think that's the, that's the difference between 
the Final Fantasy series, for example, that has been around as long as the Zelda series has. But it's vastly different. One is almost completely, in my opinion, nostalgic. It is based purely on nostalgia and wanting you to recapture those memories of a, of a childhood gone by in your idyllic setting with your mom in the kitchen doing something, you know, making a sandwich because this is, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago and sexism. Fresh baked bread right now. Right, exactly. And your dad's getting home from work and he's wearing his shirt and his tie and he comes in and he's, hello, son. Have you beaten whatever his name is? Have you beat him? Like, no, none of that happened. Like your mom was yelling at your little sister because she's making a mess. Your little brother is being a turd and your dad comes home and he's like, you're still on that idiot box. Like, that's <laughs> not. He shuts the TV off on you. <laughs> right. Like, go do your homework. Go outside and play. Stop being a little turd. Like, that's. Things, that... aren't, things aren't all that different than today. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I just, like, I just feel like it's, that's the difference. Zelda and Mario and Metroid uh, and Sonic, these are games that Nintendo has that they market with the intent to sell you nostalgia with the intent to sell you on your childhood. Like I get everybody loves breath of the wild. I haven't played it. And maybe if I played it, it'd be great. But guess what? I ain't going to play it. Cause you know why? I'm not going to buy any nostalgia. I'm just not like, I'm sorry that you disagree with me and, you, and I'm sorry that you don't like my shtick. And I'm sorry that you think that, that this, it's not entertaining to listen to me rant. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, I think that's the only people reason why people listen. I, <laughs> what's Crowley going to rant about today? Right? What's Crowley going to go, go off on now? I, I just, I just, I feel like that's the difference. Like, don't. What differences do you see, Jonesy? Am I, am I out of line here? Like, what, what are you seeing as the differences between these two, like, like the Zeldas yeah. and the Final Fantasies? Like, one's a rehash and one's kind of melded into this universe that you know and is familiar. Yeah. So it goes into intent. It's difficult to see what they intend to sell you on it, but you're absolutely right. If if they're just going to wrap it up in a new package and give you the same exact story, the same exact characters, the same antagonist, same protagonist, and there's nothing really dynamically different about it, you're right. It's completely for nostalgic purposes, and it's to sell you maybe something that looks a little bit better, maybe. And that might be it, but you've got to have something that pushes it forward and makes it interesting because all of these guys want to sell you a franchise. and And they have to know, and hopefully they're not short-sighted enough to say, I can't just keep repackaging it over and over and over. I think we've seen a lot of reboots, right? So you get the reboot analysis now of we're going to take it, we're going to change it up just enough to make it fresh. But we've seen an example, even when you reboot, you're like, okay, I feel good about that. And then the next direction they take, it just feels like exactly where you where you left off before. So it, you're absolutely, I, I agree with you 100% on this one. If you're just going to rehash the same content, yeah, I'm not really all that interested in playing the same thing over and over. I mean, Battlefront 2 is kind of a good example of this too, right? So they didn't really change a lot from the first uh, Battlefront game that came out a couple years ago, but they changed enough to kind of make it feel a little better, but quickly you saw how it tapered off because they just didn't, they didn't bring enough new things to it to keep in people engaged for any length of time. And so it, at least from our little group, it, tapered off very quickly after just a couple of months, which is yeah. not totally different than what happened the last time. Right. Well, exactly. And I think, but if, if you look at, if you look at Battlefront 2 and you look at some of the other first person shooters, I mean, the, the, gaming as a whole is very competitive, right? 
So if, when you look at the first-person shooters that are available, Battlefront 2 is just kind of in the middle, and you play it because Star Wars. I don't think you play Battlefront 2 because you're like, it's an amazing first-person shooter. I think you play Battlefront 2 because you like Star Wars. Yeah, I like the pew-pew in the Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. So I think their space combat is different, and I think it's amazing, and I love it. And I think the story that they added this time was good. I just want more story, more space combat, and, and less loot boxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we've talked to that to death. I don't want to yeah, kick yeah. that death, dead horse. Nostalgia is quickly becoming the new dead horse of Bad Gamers Anonymous. Uh, but I figure after this episode, maybe I'll be tired of talking about it. So I guess the next the next thing is, is can gaming companies add to existing stories without being accused of nostalgia or like running out of ideas? I can, so, for example, I'm going to use again, I'm going to use these as examples, whether you people out there agree with me or not. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, is this did they change it enough? I mean, you brought up the perfect the, the perfect scenario there is did they tweak things enough to make? Look, I get it was game of the year on a lot of people's radar. I get that. And I think that those people are dumb and I don't really care for those people because Horizon Zero Dawn was much better. No, I haven't played Breath of the Wild and no, I don't have to because I remember the original Zelda. Just because it's updated graphics doesn't mean that I want to play it. Ah. So the part, yeah, so my neighbors uh, bought a Switch and, and has been playing Zelda and, and some other games and it seems to really enjoy it. So the part I don't understand is if it's the kind of the portability of this of the new platform with the switch which i think is probably its greatest selling point in my eyes at least sure or is it really that or is the game really that good i mean i haven't played it either i don't own a switch but is it just really that good and it seems like it's really that interesting and that good so i'm more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt that at least zelda seems to be a very good game i've heard a lot of good things about some of the mario games too i have a hard time differentiating the two because they seem to go hand to hand i can lay in bed and play Zelda in the middle of the night. So obviously there's something there though, that, that is getting people excited and they want to keep playing and they want to, they want to spend all this time doing it. So clearly there's something appetizing about that game and really good about that game. So I'm not willing to write it off entirely uh, because it's a really familiar franchise, right? I mean, there's tons of examples of familiar franchises and Zelda insanely popular in the Nintendo crowd, obviously. Sure. So, but clearly it's something really good because as we've started to see, people are not uh, shy about completely blasting a company if they don't like what they get. Now, and, and that's and a good so. point. In the day and age we live in, with the with the advent of social media and how that's caught on, like everyone's got an opinion, and everybody thinks their opinion matters. Your opinion only matters, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a podcast. That's right. <laughs> I just I I'm joking, but not really. Uh, I I don't. I, you're you're right, but. <laughs> Why can't we have news stories, new games with new players or new people in the game? Why can't we have that? Why does everything have to get slapped with something that was popular 15, 20, 25, 30 we, years ago? But we see what happens when, when you when you take a turn from what's familiar to you, right? You, 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 maybe you kill off a character or you, you position them in a different way. And then your, 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 your base, right, to not get political, but your base, right, of what you depend on to buy that game you can't piss them off too much right uh, so you, you got to keep them happy while while trying to push that envelope too game of thrones. but game of thrones. Yeah, well there's a there's a ton of examples right and a lot of them in more recent memory that are, are getting very heated debates but 
you got to appease that base to an extent, but you also, you can't change the nature of light or, or change the scenarios of some of these characters, especially for your longstanding franchise without it ruffling a lot of feathers. And I think in the gaming industry where it, it, it can be more difficult to recover from some of that and, and from some of that potential negative publicity with the advent of social media and just how, how everybody has an opinion. And, and you might have thought, okay, well, I'm just changing this one little tweak. And then the internet just goes nuts over it. Or, you know, that's probably extreme, but you get those types of ideals that you don't have this, this conversation about things anymore. You just have these polarizing conversations where there's not a lot of uh, healthy debate and things like that. No. And that's, and that's a good point. And I think gaming, I mean, I think star Wars battlefront is a, just a great example of that. Uh, Mike from the cantina cast said that star Wars fans are the worst fans out there. And gamers are just awful people to begin with. Like you put those two groups together and they're going to find everything to complain about. And that was the case with Star Wars Battlefront uh, and Battlefront 2. Any little thing got nitpicked on. I think Star Trek fans are the same way. Everything has to be perfect. It has to be a certain way. And anymore, you usually have two camps. And you have the camp, uh, The Last Jedi. Like, you have the camp that loves it, and you have the camp that hates it. And I'm just like, yeah, it's not as good as you people are saying. It's not nearly as bad as you people are saying. So can't we just... Remember when we thought the Star Trek people were the crazy people? Dude, we are. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> we, we are. I, You know, I, but I mean, uh, the argument could be made that it, when you're talking pop culture, that nostalgia, having all these Star Trek shows... I mean, look, they rebooted Star Trek and made it in this different timeline. It's not really a different universe, but it's a completely alternate timeline that the 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 kelvin timeline that the new kirk and spock stuff like that's that's nostalgia that is straight up nostalgia jj abrams sold us nostalgia and disney went we like what you did there come do it with star wars so as someone who doesn't mind the the reboot of star trek because i couldn't get into like the original series that my parents grew up with but we grew up on next generation for the most part oh yeah but yeah but when i see like what they've done with that movie franchise, not to get into the movie world. If, 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 if the con thing was handled a little bit better, <laughs> then it's probably a better example yeah. because that, that did lean a little too heavily and they kept making these connections and drawbacks. And I get why they do that, but they, they had some interesting ideas and the way that they went about it in order to refresh it, I thought was okay. I'm all right with, I mean, Planet of the Ace is a great example, right? Where you have a reboot that is just done phenomenally, pretty much start to finish, right? Just yeah. Great experience all the way through. So it can be done and you get that sense of nostalgia, but you still get it in this new environment or this the, an updated age, you know, to where you can experience it in a different way or in a more modern way and still feel like you're moving the story forward. Even if you're just making slight tweaks. I mean, Planet of the Ace is probably still really probably more in the nostalgia bucket right because yeah i I think so a whole lot but i think you really i think you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about star trek and and 2000 the 2009 movie and then obviously the the sequel uh maybe not so much the third one but uh it brings 1950s to to the to the new century do you know what i mean like yeah. technology has obviously advanced at such a rate in the last 30 to 40 years that it's from what was people could imagine in, in the 1950s is now 
like now when you imagine like flying cars and whatnot, like it's it's completely different. Like transporter technology, they're they're working on it. Uh, the the like in, from the even from the next generation when they had those handheld little pads, like now we've got the iPad, we've got the tablet, like that's a thing. So just even in the last twenty years, so I think you're right. I think if you can bring well, it and, up to date. Yeah, and if you got Zelda from an eight-bit world, and, and, and though it has it's had the iterations, why wouldn't you want to see that in an, in a new way? And that's and, that's a good point. Yeah, but my Nintendo pro- knows it. Now they know that too, right? Right. But my problem, my, my my problem with it is, is they did that with the Wii, and these these and they even did it with the Wii U, and the Wii U is basically the same thing as a Switch. It's just repackaged. So I don't, I just I, I have a real problem with like Assassin's Creed got old and stale right and they had to switch it up and so Assassin's Creed Origin they've switched it up enough it's the same familiar style you're still in this story with Abstergo and all these and and these aliens and which I hate but whatever uh and and it's it's familiar enough for you you know what you're doing but it's different enough you're like wow they they this is fresh this is new I don't know that Zelda's done that from what they did with the Wii, with whatever game that was. Like, I remember uh, the Ocarina of Time, Zelda the Ocarina of Time. That was amazing. I loved that game. Because See, when it, I look at the Wii, I, I view that they were trying a completely different path. Because if you look at when the Wii came out, it was really focused on interactivity, it, getting up off the couch, you know, interacting with it. Now, that, yeah. that platform evolved and changed throughout its lifespan and into the Wii U days, but that was really the intent. You had the, the motion controllers and, and, and those types of games that really, that interactive, get off the couch, get get active, get the Wii board or whatever it was called, the, you know, the little yoga mat and, yep. and do all these other wacky things. So I have a hard time lumping that in with, with kind of pure, pure gaming, if you will, you know, sitting down and just you know, hashing either going through a story mode or something like that. Well, no, you're right. We never really fit that criteria for me. You know, you're right. But what I mean is, is when you look at, at, at the Zelda game from the Nintendo 64, right? It's open world, which was amazing. It's, it's, it was, it was new. It was fresh. It was different. Like you could fish, you could do all these different things other than just move the story forward. They haven't gone away from that formula. It's just updated graphics on the next generation system. Like there's nothing different. And like I said, Assassin's Creed had to change because it was getting stale and they knew it. So they changed it. And they didn't change it a lot, but they changed it enough. Now, look, I haven't played Breath of the Wild. Probably won't ever play Breath of the Wild because the Nintendo Switch, like I said, it's just a Wii U repackaged. And I've said it a ton of times. It is what it is. That's what I think. And, and Nintendo... I really think Nintendo, like they're slapping Mario on, on a Rabbids game. Mario plus Rabbids. Like they're just slapping these things on for nostalgia's sake. Because as, as you said, it goes to intent. It is a marketing tool. It drives sales, right? Like that's, everyone's buying it. Pop culture uh, is eating it up. Look at Star Wars. Look at Star Trek. Look at Rampage. Look at the G.I. Joe movies. For crying out loud, what a awful bunch of movies. <laughs> The Transformers no, movies, no. like it's yeah. it's pervasive in all of culture, in all of pop culture in, in North America, in Western society. I, I I don't live in England. I don't know. But I'm guessing over there they've got, you know, nostalgia going on there, too. 
I mean, yeah, you, you just look at the movie slate from Disney, right? So we've got these classic movies that we're gonna that we've made 20, 30, 40 years ago, and now we're gonna make live action ones. Yeah. And, and they're not bad. They're they're good. Some of them are really good, but That's really just... concerned that are there any new ideas? Right. <laughs> or, or, you know, adapting books and that, that kind of be that used to be the, the funnel, right? Yeah. <laughs> you used to have literary things that yeah. you would pull on and you could argue that that was a different form that you were maybe exposing it to the masses who aren't going to go and read a book. But now you're taking beloved things and rehashing them again, different flavor, different modern take on it. Um, but yeah, where's that originalness? I, I definitely, but it is so hard to create a new IP or something that you can really market over the long term in our attention span is so short I it's guess, really but look easy at, to understand why you want to bring these familiar things because people are especially folks like us who are in, you know i'm almost 40 and man you're of a certain age of a certain constitution right uh, but yeah it, it you see something and you recognize it and you're like you know what i wish my kid would play that game so let me go buy that for my kid you know yeah. and i know you're on you're very clear on your your position of of uh, what your daughter will be allowed to play and not be allowed to play. But, uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, you start having this pass down method, especially those that kids getting into the, you know, between five and 10 years old and, and exposing them to the things that brought a lot of joy into your childhood. And now they got you hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's, that's true. But why is it so popular? Why, why like, it just like you look at game of Thrones, that is new. It's fresh. It pisses people off. Like, even if you don't read the books, you just watch the, the show on HBO, right? Like, they want to, like, George R.R. R. Martin wants to piss you off. He wants to make you upset. He wants to put it, and it's popular. And people eat it up, and it's new, and it's fresh, and it's exciting. I, I get that it's hard to make a movie. I get that it's hard to make a successful movie. Like not everybody can do this. And I give these 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 game producers, these game directors, these publishers, I give them all tons amount of credit. Like even if I don't like the game, you're doing you're, you're putting out a, a, a piece of art and it's your vision and it's what you think is going to sell and it's it's what you're passionate about and good on you. Keep doing it. I I like complaining. Obviously, I do it a lot. So just let me complain. We do what we're good at right. Yeah, we do what like, we're good at. You know, we all have gifts that God has given us. This is mine. Let me let me let me use it. I just I I feel like like there's just so much nostalgia that it's just couldn't we instead of Mario plus Rabbids couldn't we have just had Rabbids instead of Mario uh, Odyssey couldn't we have come up with a new character? I mean, for crying out loud, Mario's been around so long he's not even a plumber anymore. Like he's not what he what at his base at his core of who he is, he's not that anymore. So I did, it's changed, but the games are the same. I just I just want something it's different. Be, it's gonna be okay. No, I don't think it is. I don't think <laughs> I don't it is. Think it will be either. because <laughs> I keep buying. I I buy the Star Trek stuff. I buy the Star Wars stuff. I I I am the worst. Like I complain about nostalgia, but I'm like, bring me more, like feed me more nostalgia. I want more. And I just don't know as a culture, when are we going to reach that, that breaking point, that tipping point? I mean, Transformers was good. Like the first one, the second one was, eh. and then it just progressively just got into Michael Bay blowing stuff up. 
So yeah, I can't talk about Transformers because uh, I'll get upset about Optimus right, Prime. <laughs> right. Like, why is he a bad guy? Like, really, that's what you went with? Like, you got to the point now where you're like, yeah, we got to do something different in the series. What are we going to do? If well, you did that on the second Transformer movie, right, but yeah. Why, if, you just, got, if, you ha- if you get to that point where you're like, let's make the protagonist the antagonist, like, maybe reevaluate where you're at with the franchise. <laughs> It's like, and if you're going to do that, at least do what they did back in the 80s on TV shows where they just had a mustache or something. That's how you knew Michael uh, Michael Knight wasn't the good guy. Anymore. That's how you knew. That's how you knew Spock was evil. Or he had a goatee. Right? Yeah, the Spock had the goatee. Yeah, Give evil Spock. Even back then. <laughs> yeah, come on now. This is, that, that's like, that's. That, Let's that, go all in, baby. Let's yeah, go all in. That's, that's just, that's basic evil guy 101 right there. Like, so I don't know, man. Like, from a business standpoint, we're, we're eating it up. Like, look at the NES uh, classic and the Super NES classic. Like, oh, you, yeah. Dude. Like, I'm I, guilty of that one. I don't, I don't know, but, man, my neighbor had one, and, man, we, we fired up Tecmo Bowl so fast. Oh, Tecmo Bowl. And Bowl's you can amazing. hack them. You oh. can hack those things and add so many more games, and you get all the ones that they didn't want to give you that <laughs> you really did want. Right? Because <laughs> they're so, oh, man. How it, it was, was so much fun, though. The portrait too day. short, though. Back in the day, how much fun was Tecmo Bowl? I mean, come on. Oh, man, yeah, you get that little pat on your friend's back when you're kicking their butt, and all of a sudden they jump and hit the reset button. I mean, that's good times. Oh, dude, that was the best. Oh, I remember being so good at video games that my friends would do that. Like, they'd get so angry at getting blown out by so much, they'd just hit the reset button and be like, oh, sorry, I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, that was me and Madden, like, yeah, probably, I guess, during college. Just wipe the floor with everybody or NHL. Oh god, NHL was so much fun on PlayStation. Oh dude, uh Blades of Glory. Was that the like, oh, yeah. oh man. I, just, I, I mean I remember playing ice hockey back on the NES. It was just USA. It was basically uh, the Olympics. Yeah. You know, so USA versus USSR and Canada and all that. It was oh it was so much fun. I I remember when they made NCAA games. Like and you oh, look yeah. forward to those. Awesome. Like oh <laughs> NCAA fourteen, man, it's still great. Oh. I just, you know, so I, you're right. I mean, I eat it up. I'm, I am the worst person in the world because I will complain about the nostalgia, but I'm like, bring back these games. I want to play them, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. I just, I feel like there's, I, I feel like I have a responsibility to, to, to be like, look, enough is enough. And in the, in the now famous words of Owen Hart, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Uh, I, I nostalgia's run its course. Let's let's. I don't want to see another Zelda. I don't want to see another Mario. I don't want to see like look look at the the uh, Elder Scrolls series, right? So you've got Skyrim, uh, Morrowind, Oblivion. Uh, God only knows what else I'm forgetting in there. I'm sure there's another. Oh, those are all different games, right? Yeah, but they're all the same <laughs> series. Like yeah, they all felt like the exact same game. That, right? Exactly. I don't know. I like Skyrim VR. I don't know. Maybe it's just until, you, until it makes you sick. Until it makes you sick, yeah. For, I can only like, handle that twenty minute periods. I don't know, man. It's it's all over. So are we are we out of ideas, Jonesy? Do you think we as uh, and I, I I use we like collectively because I don't have any good ideas. But yeah, like I've never had a good idea, right? Like just we as a as a gaming industry, as an entertainment industry, even as an over overall, are we all just out of good ideas? And we're like, yeah, just you know, redo what we've done. I don't think we're out of good ideas. I think the major publishers are not interested in investing in unproven ideas. I think it's maybe how I'd put it. I really believe that's the case. I think it's just purely an investment and a money thing because who, who are the ones who are actually trying to drive it forward? 
are these smaller studios. And as you guys have pointed out on previous shows, they're just getting gobbled up. They either go out of business or there's or they're gobbled up and integrated with the bigger company like an EA or something like that. And then sometimes they're gobbled up and then they're kind of spit out and that is done. They were, yeah, it's a it's a tough business to be in. I get that, but I really feel like it's just a lack of like unless it's something that you can really get sold on as a as a major publisher. No, we're going to keep producing the games that we know are guaranteed returns. But nostalgia doesn't always give you a guaranteed return, and I think the new Atari system is <laughs> is is evidence of that. Uh, I think I talked about it on the last show. I think I may have tried to talk about it on the last show, but maybe it was the first time we recorded the last show, not the second time we recorded the last show. Uh, the Atari system is it's kind of on hold, maybe. Like it was supposed to come, like there was supposed to be like this big thing where you could put money like a Kickstarter or, or GoFundMe or something. And the week that it happened, they postponed it. And like, we just haven't heard anything about it. Like, are they, is, is it coming out? They couldn't find their own investors. And obviously Atari doesn't have the greatest track record, but Atari's got some of the most iconic games of all time, both good and bad. Like but they, when I look at Atari though, maybe I just don't remember very well. I remember like, pre-Nintendo Atari. Oh, yeah. Where those are games I'm not going to revisit. <laughs> I'm not going to revisit Pong, like their version of football, because when I look back at those, they were oh, they were bad. fun for the time. Yeah. But no, nah, no yeah. thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, <laughs> E.T. I mean, come on. Like one of the worst uh, games ever, E.T. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm just old and cranky. Is that it? Is it? And I can't have this conversation. Well, that's with, definitely true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't have this conversation with Derek because he's, he's young. He's in his 20s. Well, like, I don't. What I'm really curious is where is our burnout? Uh, you know, where do we hit burnout? And, and I'm having a hard time understanding it because Nintendo, I think, is doing this a bit right with the Nintendo Classic and the Super NES Classic because they're doing them in really short runs. They're not giving you a lot of supply. Yeah. So it, at the very least, it seems like they are very popular. But if they were to open it up, how many would they really sell? And I, I don't have numbers or anything like that, but what are they actually really selling? And I'm curious if that's something that Atari might be running into, is that these are such limited run productions that we're, they're not going to hit that, that mass market. And Nintendo is really on a different, playing field in my opinion at least than, than what atari would be on oh for sure uh, for sure and at I least think, in the console type of area well yeah but i think atari was gonna i mean it was gonna be from what i had read and i don't have anything in front of me so this is all going off memory and i'm old so forgive me if i'm, I'm wrong but i i know that they wanted to compete more with indie stuff they were really going to open it up for indie developers to come out, come along and, and put games in. And it was going to be this, it was going to be more akin to your uh, computer as far as powerful and how it was powered and whatnot than it was, you know, a console, but it was still going to be a console. And certainly NVIDIA has their streaming box, whatever that is. And PlayStation now has their streaming service. And I'm sure Microsoft, if they don't, they're going to, I just feel like, and, and I, I'm so old. Like even with with Monster Hunter World, there's so much to do and there's so many buttons you have to know and you have to know what does what and how to do it and when to do it. And it's just so chock full of stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I miss the days of just having to hit A and B. At what point is it overwhelming to learn and then keep up with the games? I'm there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's where this nostalgic feel really grabs hold, especially as you your life gets more complicated and you need something simpler to come back to. So when we think about you know the story mode of things or doing things on your own. I know for me personally, I want to jump online. I want to be able to be able to hammer out half an hour. Maybe maybe I get a two hour session of gaming in or something like that. But the reality is, I'm probably gonna get thirty minutes to an hour depending on what my family commitments are. Right. And I'd rather do that with that social atmosphere. So I tend to gravitate a bit to you know, the shooter games, Call of Duty and Battlefield and Battlefronts and things like that on the consoles because I can just jump in and jump out and you don't have to know all the button combinations, things like that, but you can still enjoy it, but not necessarily have to figure a puzzle out every time. And I know there are a lot of people that love that aspect of those games, but I'm also probably going to venture that those games are not selling quite as well as your call of duties and your battlefields. Right. I've, I've always said that for me, gaming is more social than it is anything else. And, uh, you know, even I remember growing up, I, my brother is 15 months younger than I am. So I always had somebody to play with and somebody to beat. <laughs> like he was never all that great. And then, you know, my friends would come over and, and we, you know, like Resident Evil is, I think, I mean, if you want to talk about PlayStation and, and nostalgia with PlayStation games, I think Resident Evil is a really good place to start. Like it's still just, it's a horror game. And like, you can't really do a whole lot with that. Yeah. You can have a different protagonist. You can have a different antagonist. You can have a whole new story, but at the end of the day, when you boil it down, it's still just a horror straight up horror game. And as good as the VR uh, experience was with resident evil seven, it's still just resident evil. But I remember when the first one came out, like my friends would come over you know, we'd turn the lights off and we'd sit there and we'd play it. And my parents are upstairs, you know, trying to sleep and we're downstairs screaming like little girls every time, you know, something jumps out at you. Well, fast forward 30 years. Guess what I'm still doing? I'm downstairs screaming like a little girl, you know, having to take the VR headset off because that's just too, too much for, you know, my, my old ticker. I think that's very nostalgic and that does very well. And so there are... I. Look, when I when I talk about nostalgia and I'm down a lot on on Nintendo, don't mistake shtick for it's just nostalgia. Like, I'm just tired of nostalgia. And I think I've reached the point where I'm tired of nostalgia personally in my life. I, I, I the last Jedi yeah, it was OK. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. Wasn't good. It was just there. Um, I, 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 I'm tired of Zelda. I'm tired of Zelda games. I'm tired <laughs> Monster Hunter World is such a great game, and I'm tired of having to learn how to play a game. I've been playing a game since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, whether it was Pong, Asteroids, or or E.T., or Pitfall. Oh, man, Pitfall was the bomb back in the day. I loved me some Pitfall. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Gotta get high up on that rope. Right. Yeah, right. Get you. Oh, man, that's so good. Uh, you know, but I'm just, I'm just maybe that's just it. Maybe I'm just old, Jonesy. Maybe I'm just old. Is that the problem? Well, there's no doubting that. I, I think that's a bit of it, yeah. We, we are getting older. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe millennials aren't ruining nostalgia. Maybe I'm just tired of it. So get off my lawn with your nostalgia. I don't. That's right. Before I get my walking stick out and shake it at That's you. right. I, I don't know. I don't know, Jonesy. I, this has been a very interesting conversation, and I know it's polarizing. And, and, and a 
lot of people don't like that I jump all over Nintendo and I do it with love because I love Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo is nostalgia. Nintendo is where a lot of gamers, both my age and otherwise, got their start. I think the greatest system that has ever been created on this planet was the Nintendo 64. It had a great catalog of games. It was fresh. It was new. It brought gaming into the modern era and it pushed uh, what what a console could do. I think it pushed the boundaries. It had uh, some of the greatest games and some of the worst games ever. Superman 64 was just bad all the way around. Bad. But NWO versus uh, WCW, one of the greatest wrestling games ever created. I would no, definitely dude. I would play that for hours right now. <laughs> like I like you, you get an online mode in that and I'm all about it. Like I like the WWE games. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll pick one up every couple of years just so I have the new roster of wrestlers and uh, you know but no nah, man you 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 put wcw or nwo versus wcw in front of me and i'll play that for i'll play that for a grip well one of the things i think about with the go back to your idea about the original or lack of original ideas is even when they give you one they don't really flesh it all the way out no. i mean battlefront was like that you we wanted a story mode well we got one but then they they kind of they took a cop out on on it really early on. We're gonna they marketed we're gonna follow the Empire's point of view after Return of the Jedi. And then it, no, no, they <laughs> no, they didn't. They they quickly jumped is into the defection mode, and it became just like every other Star Wars game, where you had people fighting the Empire and fighting oppression and doing a difference, and completely dropped the ball on on more pure motivations or saying, no, we just believe in this and this is what that story is. And yeah, we're the bad guys. If you want to view it that way and we're going to be bad, but no, they had to swing it the other side for what purpose to tie it in with last Jedi in a roundabout way. Eventually was it, or was it that oh man? I'm going to say this. And I know there's going to be a lot of hate on this too. So I don't even care anymore. Like who I piss off. I really don't. Uh, or is it because Disney owns it and Disney's like, you can play for the, as the bad guy for a minute, but at the end of the day, you're a good guy because everyone's good guys. No, I, I, I'm kind of tired of people blaming Disney for everything. Cause like, it can't be Disney's fault. Cause Disney does a ton of things, right. And they make a ton of money. Yeah, right. But this one, I, I'm going to put it at the feet of, of EA mostly just because eh, EA is a good hate train to jump on sometimes. Well, is it EA the equivalent, like the gaming equivalent of Disney? Yeah, you could probably make that argument. Yeah, I mean they are but, the evil empire. But what, where, yeah, I mean, what was that the original idea? And that was, the, yeah, no, for I, sure, I, that was it. That I was what feel, you were supposed I feel to lied do. To I, I feel lied to in that one. Loot boxes, all that crap aside, I feel lied to that they marketed this thing. You got a great cast of voice actors. Oh man, right? Yeah, you had you had a powerful kind of story forming. And then you copped out. Don't uh, the the whole copping out. I'm that's the part I get fed up with, is that we've got this thing. We're gonna market it, and then I'm gonna cop out at the end of the day, and then I'm gonna give you exactly everything you've already had before, and and that's and that's it. And not only yeah. did they cop out, but then they fast forwarded like you know what is it, 18, 20 years, or whatever, just so it I could know. tie in with with finish the damn story yeah. before you jump ahead twenty years or whatever it is. Are they gonna go back to it now, or are they just right? Like, why did you pay Janina Gavankar so much money to? Oh, we love you. I, I do love Janina. I love her so I much. Love her too, oh, she's so hot. 
uh, and she's such a great actress. I mean, she, she really is. I, lo- I loved her in all the stuff she's she's done from, and I've said this, Sleepy Hollow and, and The League. and But why? Why did you, like, spoiler alert, why did you kill her off so early? Like, it's on your very first. In such a lame way. Yeah, DLC, you kill her off. Like, I get that. Like, I love Shriv. I love Shriv. I like that. He's one of my favorite characters in that game. But yeah, man, really well. Done. Yeah. Like there's so much well done in that game and that story, but it's so short and it's, you're right. It was such a cop out and you do feel lied to because it was so again, so at least with a nostalgic game, you know what to get, but you know what you're getting. Isn't that and a nostalgic you, you know where it's going to go. And you're like, okay, well I bought that with that expectation. I guess. So, Setting expectations, or right? I got to be logical. I'm a logical, rational person for the most part. But yeah, you bought that knowing that this is what you're getting and that's what you want and that's what you expect. So you're 40, 50, 60, whatever, not going above 60 bucks. You won't you pay more than 60 bucks for a game. Well, I, I well, I bought the I bought the $80 edition okay. of Battlefront. Right. I may have done that with Madden this year too. Ah! Which, which I, yeah, I can't talk about Madden. <laughs> Well, I, I like well, I like Madden a lot. Don't get me wrong; that, that's one of the games. But doesn't even the doesn't Madden and and games of that ilk, the the show, and 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 the NHL every year, isn't that? I mean, it's not nostalgia per se. I and I don't even know if you could argue that it is. It's just that that franchise has been around, you know. For it has, but, you, but you see them you see them innovating in a little different way and i think they do have a good idea of where it takes some time to get there with this story like they're integrating story modes right so yeah. the last few years we've seen more of that in fifa in the basketball games uh, nba 2k in particular we've seen it for a number of years madden had long shot this year um you're, you're seeing more of that it's not just a create a player or create a coach or those types of things, you actually have a story mode and we could argue how well done they are or if they're long enough or if they're in depth, but you at least see them doing something different because if, if EA were just going to take Madden and just put a new layer of ultimate team on it every year in order to generate that additional revenue, that's why I stopped by. I, I didn't buy Madden the last year or two. I just kept kind of playing the old one until they stopped supporting that. Right. And this year I kind of get back into the ultimate team. I always I love like doing baseball card stuff, right? Because it makes you feel like a kid. We enjoyed that stuff. I mean, you want to talk about nostalgia? That's nostalgia right there. Throwing the oh, dude, I play Star Wars. I do the Star Wars Card Trader app and all the different (laughs) apps that that Tops does. So I'm totally guilty of all that, and may even spend money on some of it. You didn't hear that from me. I didn't hear nothing. Hey, you you didn't buy a loot box, did you, Mike? Yeah, I'm looking at Uh, you, Mike. I did not buy it in Battlefront, uh, but I, I probably have bought <laughs> crystals or whatever the currency is in Madden. Oh, uh, that's almost worse. That's just straight up. That's just straight no, up. The worst, want your is, money. the worst is I bought crystals over the holiday for Disney. Oh. And that's why I had that moment. I played it. And I was like, I feel really dirty. And that's when I reached out to you. I'm like, hey, I need a mobile game to play. <laughs> that makes me feel less dirty. Right. So I do want to thank you for Golf Clash because I do enjoy that game. And actually, a lot of my friends, I didn't even realize. Right? Like, it. a lot of my like, friends like, play it, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This but, is this is for you, Jonesy, and, and, and buying the crystals. Get good scraps. That's for you right there. Uh, that's what I deserve. Everybody did. Oh, that's that. So that's the show on nostalgia. I, I Jonesy, did we come to any kind of, like earth-shattering conclusion on nostalgia like did we change how the gaming world 
views nostalgia, how they buy nostalgia. No, I, th- no. I think it's here to stay. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. it, if anything, we're companies are doubling down on it. So, oh, man, I don't even. Know and I don't that. mind, man. We got an arcade uh, arcade machine at work, and I play living hell out of that thing on a Friday before I go. I say that I play like once for Galaga because that was my. But isn't years. there a difference between straight up old school arcade game like Galaga? at your work where you can jump on and play it as opposed to like the new Zelda or Mario. I mean, I think there's a difference there, right? Like one is straight up nostalgia and one is we like, we're going to profit off of your feelings of nostalgia. Hey, if people enjoy it, you know, all the power to them, because again, they're going to vote with where they're going to, they're going to vote with, with their voice and social media. And and so if it's working and, and people are enjoying it, I can't really hold that against them. And because I know there are certain things when I get back into that groove of it, I'm like, wow, yeah, this just feels great. You know, that's why you buy the same brand of car you bought the last time because you're like, yeah, I really just enjoyed that the last time. I'm going to keep buying that. That's why so, I keep buying the same brand of toilet paper, too. See? Yeah, you get fixed. I mean, you have you have loyalty, right? So not only brand loyalty, you have, you know, these. Um, well, it just feels good on the whole. Yeah. You know what to expect, right? You know what to expect. You know what you're going to get. <laughs> And then does it deliver or does it deliver percent of what you expect? And for your 60 bucks, people are probably going to be like, okay, yeah, nah. that, that made me pretty happy. I feel good. I played it for two, three, six months, whatever it might be. And I feel good about that. So yeah, I don't really have much of a problem with it on the whole. It, it's getting to be overkill though. And I'm a little tired of it. I'm a little tired of all of the same movies we get. And, and now we're pulling things out of the, like, I, don't, I hate to keep bringing it up. I just can't get my arms around why we need a rant movie and i know we don't need anything but oh my goodness it's not the movie we need but it might be the movie we deserve oh sweet god i i, I probably have to agree with you we deserve some utter crap uh and <laughs> because of yeah because of kind of where we're at as a yeah. society <laughs> we really do like we deserve all of this i i don't even know i, I think that's a good place to end the show is that uh, that's uh that's we deserve we deserve all this. Look, I'm not going to stop harping on nostalgia. I'm not going to stop harping on uh, on the Nintendo Switch. I'm not. But just know, guys, that you know there might be some truth into what I say, but a lot of it's stick. Uh, I do think that a lot of it's nostalgia. But you know, I think we can disagree on some things, uh, a listener. Uh, I, I hope you keep listening to me, and I will keep yelling in your ear holes. So there you go, Jonesy, sir. It has been an honor podcasting with you. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to have you on. And certainly I think it went well enough where we can say we want, we'll want to have you back again and you can interact with Gary. Hey, it's a lot of fun. I really appreciate the invite, man. I, and you can tell him to get off your lawn and then I can tell him to get off my lawn and then you get and off I my can, lawn, uh, Garrett. Right, we can just sit on our lawns with our collective shotguns, drinking whatever it is we want to drink in our rocking chairs. Yeah. And have a happy birthday, bud. Hope oh, you have a, thank a, you. A nostalgic birthday. <laughs> At this point, I don't think I have much of a choice. Because you can't remember that far back? Uh, I Dude, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Make sure you like, rate, sub- on that note. <laughs> yeah, like, rate, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher. Follow us on social media. Follow us on, on our Twitches, on our streams. Uh, you can find us on all the social media outlets. You can find Jonesy on the CantinaCast Discord. You can find him on our Discord. All that stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, for the absentee Garrick, for the absentee Bishop, and for Jonesy, I am Mr. Crowley. Uh, you know what? For nostalgia's sake, uh, we'll just play an outro here. We'll see ya. <laughs> <laughs>